brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It's another episode of Sports Yak Podcast. Who types this stuff? Just run it, hit play, hear it, get it done with. I'm Jim Shorts. I'm an icon. The class of 2019 Indiana sports writer and sportscasters, Hall of Famer Chuck Freebie, and the other butt monkey. Who cares? Hit the subscribe button. I'd hate to miss a second of this junk. Sports Yak, the podcast. Now that's good. Now turn it off. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that once saw five $100 bills in the same place, but only because someone else was holding them, it's Sif Pop. Whole dollars. <laughs> That's right, man. Welcome to Sif Pop. Streaming live most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Woo! I'm Aaron. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, <laughs> and he's my exquisite and extraordinary co-host, Andrew Ormsby. Ahoy. And each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Quick question for you, Aaron. Yeah, man. What is the most amount of money you've actually held in your hands? Um, The most amount of cash yes. I've held in my hands, I think one time uh i had to pay for an undisclosed thing that uh we won't talk about here on this podcast i'm just kidding I'm, sure. i have no idea i don't even remember what it was for um but i think it was an insurance payment and i think it was four grand four grand in cash it's a wad of hundreds about this thick yeah yeah <laughs> so and i felt like a millionaire at that oh. point yeah, whenever you're holding a, <laughs> but you're also terrified at the same time. Right. Like, I yeah. can't lose yeah. this. I held a 13000 once. Ooh. Um, two banks next to each other. I had to transfer one. You had to rob two banks to hold that much? I know, right? <laughs> They're small banks. But uh, no, I was, tri- uh, I, I cashed out um, an early retirement ah. to buy a car. Nice. But I had to transfer it literally physically from one bank to another uh-huh. and they were next door to each other so i like had like that much money in my hand and i just ran over them like take it i can't deal with this <laughs> like the anxiety the longest hundred foot walk of your life yeah really but uh, i paid off my car nice one day. 
13 grand. Was yeah. it all in hundreds? Because um, there are bigger bills than hundreds, right? I think there's like most a, banks don't have them though. I don't think. No, I think they gave me. I think they gave me hundred dollar bills. Yeah. yeah, they gave me a big old envelope, you know, to carry it all in. So I'm guessing maybe like a stack of hundreds that thick, like yeah, something, like, something that. like that. Yeah. yeah, very nice. I wonder what the biggest denomination that's uh, currently in Bitcoin. <laughs> um, Can uh, I think there's a thousand dollar bill, and I think it's a weird. It's not the same dimensions as a normal uh well i know there's been a, there's actually been a ten thousand dollar note yeah. that has been issued but i think as far as in circulation where banks can give you i think a hundred actually oh, is yeah. the biggest in circulation is hundred yeah. yeah so i mean if you had a ten thousand dollar bill you could probably cash it you know if it was legit mm-hmm. but at this point they're not you know making more sending them out so yeah hundreds about as big as you can get for American currency, because don't forget, a lot of banks carry international currency to yeah. exchange them and stuff. Yeah. So you could probably get a yen or something that's like buku, but it's not technically worth, you know, that exchange. Uh, let's just say neither one of us have seen the stacks of cash that the guys in uh, Triple Frontier may or may not see in this movie. No. <laughs> no. Although I... Uh, I'll wait until spoilers to talk about something. I, I was looking around my apartment. I'm like, I wonder. Okay, that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. That'll be fun. But I didn't. <laughs> um, all right, so we've got a good show. We are going to talk about Triple Frontier, Netflix's latest that dropped online. Actually did go to a few theaters, actually, before uh, it dropped online, like the week before in some bigger markets. Oh. It was actually in theaters. Um, so we'll chat about that a little bit. We've got a lot of fun with our usual stuff, buried treasure. We've got a sift quest that we're going to go on, and of course a best ever challenge. Actually, one we've done before, but we're going to revisit it because it's been three years. See if anything's changed. Time flies. Uh, and we'll review Triple Frontier. But we like to kick it off with some do we care? Every single week, I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick three topics for us to discuss, and we must decide whether or not we care about them. Or not. Number one! Eric, this is obviously the biggest news of it's the week. It's insane. Isn't it crazy? It's crazy. James Gunn is back, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. for directing Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, they were still going to use his script, but... I, they had never they, said one way or the other, but the the uh, I think the assumption was, yeah, they would still use his script. I mean, this is the smart move, right? Right. This is the smart move. It should have been done a long time ago. Well, the smart ago. move was probably not firing him immediately. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, obviously, yeah. But then we wouldn't be having any news to, <laughs> to talk about. So the smart move on Disney's point after their kerfuffle, you mm-hmm. can say, was yeah. to rehire him. Yeah, I think so. They they jumped the... The gun? They jump was, the that, gun? was that intentional? No, that's why I stopped. And I was trying to think of a different way to... Now I, you embrace it, man. No, I can't turn it. No, I can't. It's not like anybody had a gun to their head when they made this decision. I don't I want mean, to encroach on your dad pun and your dad <laughs> nice. jokes. So Nice. That's your realm. I'm going to leave you to it. But no, this is amazing. I mean, the guy is pretty much... Uh, he. Nobody else can do it. He is the only Guardians guy, you know? Yeah. He makes those movies. Well, we don't know that for sure. You know what I mean? Like, it's possible somebody else could have pulled it off, but I think this is the right way there to was go. A, there would have been a looming, you know, mm-hmm. shadow or a cloud or whatever of like, yeah, but what would James Gunn's have looked like, you know? Depending on anybody else doing it. Right. What would James Gunn? I would have been curious, like, because for the longest time, Dave Batista said he wasn't going to do it if James Gunn mm-hmm. wasn't back. You think that had anything to do with this? It's possibly. I think I think it's probably a lot of factors. 
that kind of rolled all into one where Disney was like, you know what? I think we have to make the right call here. But I'm wondering why now? Um, I think they it's enough past the initial heat of it that the heat's died down. And so they feel like they can make this call and then, you know, anything that bubbles up won't bubble up as hot. You know, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Right. Does I mean, that seems possible. Once once they fired him. I think the best case scenario for them was waiting a while to rehire yeah. him. They realized they pulled it on Arrested Development. I made a huge mistake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Number two? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Number two. There's yeah. not much else to say, well, yeah, right? I'm glad he's back. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Ready for Guardi- Guardians 3. Moving from Marvel over to DC. Ezra Miller, we know him as Barry Allen, the Flash yes. in the DCEU. Well, you know, that Flash standalone movie has been, you know... Is it going to get made? Is it not? So Ezra Miller has stepped up to the plate and says, I'll write the script. Please let this movie still happen. I still want my own solo Flash film. I'll write the script. And he's going to be writing it alongside... I thought I heard something. Sorry. No, he's going to be writing it alongside, you know, some of the writers who've done, like, the other DC films and stuff like that. So, But, yeah, he's taken up the mantle of, I want... I think it's cool. Yeah. It shows passion, and it shows that, you know, he wants this to succeed. Do you think it'll happen, though? I don't know. I don't think it'll happen. You don't think there's going to be a standalone Flash movie? I don't. Well, I don't think this will be the deciding factor in it. Yeah. You know, it seems to me if you're a movie studio and somebody's like, oh, please make this movie, I'll write the script, you're like, that doesn't help. Like, we would have paid somebody to write the script if we thought the movie was going to be good. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're right. On his end, it shows like, oh, he really wants to do it and says something. But on the studio's end, I don't think it changes anything. If they don't want to do the movie, it's not like him offering to write the script changes things for them. Yeah. Did he offer to write it for free? I have no idea. Because really if he offers don't. to write it for free, then maybe that's a little bit off the, you know, but if off he's the bottom write, line. But... It's a writing team, though, that he's jumping in. So yeah. not, not everybody's working for free there. Yeah. I just so. don't think that's going to have much much of an impact overall uh having said that i'd love to see it yeah i'd love to see a flash movie with either of the flashes that i that i've seen yeah we obviously like grant gustin a lot more he's so great it's the only it's the only dc show on tv that i still watch i gave up on supergirl and uh i never really watched legends or arrow and or arrow so yeah yeah. well maybe i have a a buried treasure we can (laughs) (laughs) mumble 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 Number three? Yeah. So some celebrities thought it'd be a good idea to pay for their kids to get into college. Oh, man. I wondered if we were going to talk about this. <laughs> I think it's close enough to entertainment news well, that we Well, of course. It means William H. Macy and Felicity Huffman. <laughs> yeah. Um, William H. Macy not getting charged. Which he's I not getting was, charged? Yeah. I know he's... I mean, they have recordings of him, you know, Do, saying yes. things. And, yeah. yeah. They're getting his wife. And uh, what's the lady's name from uh, Full House and stuff? Oh, I don't know. Uh, just like a fuller house. So Lori Laughlin is the big one that everybody's talking about. Okay. From like full house, you know. Well, I, I will admit I haven't dug into this. I kind of stay out of this kind of stuff. Usually it doesn't yeah. interest me. I, you know, I let the law enforcement do their job. And if somebody broke the law, then, you know, prosecute him. I don't yeah. know. <clears throat> it's weird, right? Because I'm in the pop culture kind of consciousness industry but mm-hmm. i care more about like storytelling and was that a good story and yeah. like when it's about people's personal lives i'm more like i'll let them handle it so i haven't looked into it so i don't even know why she would be even a part of this so what happened is uh, some celebrities like sport actresses actors sportcasters you know wealthy people mm-hmm. they went through this guy uh i think his last name is singer 
And what he did so is So it's he, more than just William H. Macy and Felicity Huffman. There's hundreds. Okay, all right. Like, so it's a, common, it's a common thing that people have done to give their kids a leg up. Yeah. So they would pay this guy. It's <laughs> so awful. It's so yeah, wrong. It really is really wrong. <clears throat> so they would pay this guy to forge SAT scores for them and then forge academic credentials. So my, Like saying like... Oh, this kid, he's a uh, he's a quarterback. You you really need to recruit him, you know? He's a quarterback for the college, you know, so he needs to stay, he needs to get good grades. And the kid the kids didn't do any sports or anything like that. Well, it's interesting because my understanding of at least how some of it worked was the idea that they would take these tests in a closed environment, yes. uh, take advantage of quote-unquote medical um, yeah, opportunities. say that you have a, a social anxiety and that you need to do it solo. Right. And then, so then the person who's giving them the test would help them with the answers. Yes. Is how I understood it. Yes. So it's it's more than just, uh, I mean, that is forgery in some way, but it's actually more cheating than it is forgery, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, it's it's fascinating to me. And I... I'm I'm not surprised by the levels people go to give their kids what they think they need. You know, it's human nature, but man, you got to have some integrity. It's interesting. Uh, one of my sons has a legitimate um, thing that they offered a medical room for him to do his SAT in mm-hmm. um, because he's diabetic and he may need to give himself insulin, those kind of things. Yeah. And he was like, no, he's like, I don't want it. I want to be in the room, you know, with everybody else. I don't think I need it. And uh, I was really proud of him for that, you yeah. know. Um, then I was like, no, you're going to do it alone, and they're going to coach you through. And here's, I'm paying them lots of money. No, I didn't do that. That yeah. was somebody else. Um, but it's just it's just a sign to me that people's moral compasses are off, you know. Yeah. And because I don't those, know. those, I'm not here, I'm not here to judge. I'm yeah. just here to you know live my life and do what yeah. I think is right. So yeah, those Ivy League, you know, schools, those could have been. spots for kids who actually earned it you know well not only so there's two there's two things right not only are you taking away from somebody who uh you know might have benefited from it and earned it you're not doing your kid any favors either oh they've shown videos of these kids and they are the worst you know if you were to imagine a cliched uh hollywood kid you know i'm just saying you're not you think you're helping them out by getting them into an ivy league school if they don't have what it takes to be at an ivy league school you're putting them in a situation to fail how are you helping your kids anyway you know so i guess uh laughlin's kid is a youtuber (laughs) i can't remember her name but apparently she says she doesn't go to class all she does is go to drinking parties and stuff yeah i'm you know i get then you just pay the the Profs to forge the grades and yeah. it just keeps going, right? Yep. Wow. It's it's a shame. The cost of education, Andrew. I will the say cost this, of education. So there is one silver lining in this. The name of the operation is Operation Varsity Blues. <laughs> I'm not making that up. That's really what they called it, and it made my day. That's great. That's gonna wrap it up for Dubacare. Very nice. Well, let's uh let's review a movie, shall we? Let's yep. talk a little bit about Triple Frontier. Everything we've done for the last 17 years, with nothing to show for it. You've been shot five times for your country, and you can't even afford to send your kids to college. If we had accomplished half the things that we've accomplished in any other profession, we'd be set for life. Former Special Forces operatives reunite to plan a heist in a sparsely populated multi-border zone of South America. 
For the first time in their prestigious careers, these unsung heroes debate a dangerous mission for themselves instead of the country. This is Triple Frontier. Comes to us from Netflix. Uh, they bring us... All right, I'm going to try to do this off the top of my head. I don't have it written down. Ben Affleck. Yes. Uh, Charlie Hunnam. Yes. Uh, Garrett Hedlund. Yes. Um... I want to say Diego Luna, but it's not. It's Pablo Pascal. <laughs> Pedro Pascal. Pe- Pedro Pascal. Yeah. And I always get his name wrong. And then Oscar. and then I forgot Oscar, Oscar Isaac. Yeah. There you go. So those five make up the team. And it is, in my opinion, kind of an old school military action flick, which yeah. we don't get a lot of. So did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? It was okay. It was just okay? Just okay. I loved it. What? I did. I loved it so much. Whoa. I loved this movie so much. Whoa. Um, we are okay. going to have some things to talk okay, about. Okay, so here's the thing. There are different kinds of, of loved it. And I was tempted to say on the low side of loved it, just because, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, I'll just go ahead and say this. I'm thinking like B plus, A minus, somewhere in that range. I don't usually give a movie I loved a B plus or an A minus. I'm well aware of some of the faults in this movie, but I had such a blast watching. I It made me miss like those dude movies I used to watch with my guy friends in college or whatever. Yeah. And there's always that one guy, his name is Brian in my case, who's like, oh, you know, like yeah. when stuff would happen yeah, on screen. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, what? And so I just, I imagine myself in that situation watching this movie. I'm just like, there's, it's, it's one of those movies that is so, so, um, there's so much machismo to it that as a guy, it's just, you know, and, and believe me, I don't think this should be every movie. I'm glad that we have released a lot of the machismo from movie making. I'm not. But it's it's kind of cool that there is a movie like this that's doing it. I didn't really get the machismo vibe from it. I will really? say this, I will say this though. This movie is gripping. Like yeah. the 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 intensity is palpable and it's extensive through a huge portion of this movie. I'm going to say this. This is probably one of the most exciting and realistic heists we've seen in a movie in a very long time. That was another thing I really appreciated about it. It, it like and not all of it stands up, but so much of it stands up even to scrutiny. Like if you start thinking about how they would do this or what would happen, yeah. that kind of thing. Um and and by the way, without going into spoilers right now, we'll we'll go into some of this stuff during spoilers. This movie becomes almost three different movies. Triple Frontier. Well, and that's kind of where the title comes from, right? The yeah. idea that there are three different things kind of going going on with these guys. So um, I I just, I, like you said, it's gripping. You say for a, a large portion of it, I felt the whole way through. I was locked into what was going on. Um, and part of that is, and I'll just say this for positive as well, part of that has to do with the fact that it's such a clear objective and so you're never confused as an audience, but you know, as a viewer, mm-hmm. you know what's going on, um, you know what the what they're trying to do, and so it's very easy for you to go, oh, are they going to be able to pull this off? Here's why I'm rooting for him. Here's why I'm not. Um, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I I thought that was very well done. Yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? You have a lot more pros than I do. So while I'm trying to remember that one, what else did you love about it? Well, one of the other things I love about it is it actually has a point. Uh, there's a real message here about greed and about will, what... That, that's what I was going to say. Greed is, you know, the overarching th- theme of this movie. I just call it dragon lust, you know? Yeah. And how it's so... It's uh, infectious to even the most 
heroic and noble of us. And that's what I love about it is like it really deals in human nature of greed instead of a, car- a caricature of greed. You know, yeah. it's not in I'm not saying, you know, the original Wall Street's a bad movie or anything. I'm just saying that Gordon Gecko character is kind of more maniacally greedy. Yeah. These are human beings you want to love and respect and you understand their motives. But at the same time, it is the greed that gets them, mm-hmm. you know, and you see just the human nature of what it means to um, to throw uh, the desire for more ahead of the desire for, you know, yeah. what's healthy or what's right. So, yeah, I thought that was really good. That was another thing I loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, con for me, unless you got more pros. I mean, I can keep talking about. Okay. But prob- <laughs> I mean, probably, uh, probably some of this will wait for spoilers, just because I'd like to be more specific. But sure. I will also yeah. say I, I really enjoyed the performances. I thought these guys were doing good work. Well, that's uh, where my con is. I think well, everybody good, was good. phoning ha- it in. Let's say, oh no, yeah, no, I really do. I think phoning that, it in. I think that I can see if you would say, well, they weren't quite on their game. They are they are swinging for the fences. They're ben either Aff- hitting a home run or striking no, ben out. Affleck's Nobody's phoning is, in. No. Yeah. He's swinging for the fences in this thing. No. If you say that Charlie Hunnam is uh, swinging for the fences, yes, he is. How if you, you say Garrett at- Hedlund is swinging for the fences, yes, he is. Pedro Pascal and Oscar Isaac, they're doing good work, but I think Ben Affleck's phoning it in. Oh, I completely disagree. I, and what's interesting about it is I can't. I it's hard for me to even understand what you mean by that like i'm thinking of several scenes where i'm like he's doing such great work there um i think specifically of you know the high scene uh specifically and the stuff he's doing with that character and the changes he's making in and plus we're seeing a ben affleck we've really never seen before too um kind of the paunchy kind of later age kind of ben affleck and he's willing kind of be a, a little bit more um What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, just kind of real human than he's been as you know, as he's, he's been. He's not a, Batman. Yeah, he's not Batman in this by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't see that as phoning it in. I would see that as more of a realistic portrayal. I but, wouldn't say his physical appearance is what I would say phoning it okay. in. But I was going maybe this. Maybe this lends itself more towards why I didn't think the performances were as good as they could be. Sure. I didn't like the dialogue in this movie. I think that mm. it was very cheesy, cliche sure. heist movie dialogue that you know, Yeah. Come on, man, you we've never missed, you know, a hard out and stuff yeah. like that. I'm like, oh it's kinda cringy, but you know, and this is and this is where we're gonna differ because that kind of stuff I'm going like yeah like I'm going like yes this is cliffhanger all over again like cheesy (laughs) you know what I mean where it's like you're watching the movie and you go okay I know that's cheesy but I'm willing to just go ahead and like give myself to it and have fun with it but I don't think that's the movie they wanted to make I think Mm. they wanted to make a very serious dramatic movie but can it be both can't you try to do both a little bit I those two different things would be very difficult to I agree. pull off. I agree. I don't think they do that. Okay. All right. I don't know. You might be right. I think I think they there was very much an intention with this movie to do something like an 80s action military kind yeah. of thing. I think this is what Predator should have been. Like the Predator remake should have been more like this. Obviously throw in the aliens and the, you know, the predators and stuff, but the idea of, you know, just, you know, make it big, make it cheesy, make it, that's the machismo I'm talking about too. You've never missed a heart. Like that's the, the macho stuff. Yeah. That, but I'm just saying that's just bad dialogue. Yeah. If you want 
cheesy machismo movies make an Incredibles or uh, Expendables movie. Yeah. That's crazy cheesy because there's no... But you're right. This movie is trying to do both. It doesn't want to be so over the top that it's a joke. Yeah. It wants it wants to, to find that, which I like. Again, this is probably why I liked it, but find that texture, but at the same time make a story that holds together. Yeah. You know, that actually is, you know, is something interesting. By the way, uh, machismo is is definitely something that we should coin. This sounds like, like something you'd order at Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like a machismo box, please. Right. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about cons. Let's talk about some of the stuff that, that you didn't like if, if we haven't already hit on it all. Um, I think that you, I'm not personally, obviously you are. I'm not given enough purpose or reason to care about these guys. No, that is my one big negative. Okay. Is that their their backstory is very weak. Yes. And very rushed over. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, like you gotta give me something for me to care about these guys. And also I don't think that there's enough of a cathartic uh, you know, fina- uh, final moment for these guys. Mm. Yes. Like it's nothing they didn't know before going in that after everything is said and done has changed for them, you know? Right. So. Um, hmm. I like the end. It's, I mean, catharsis, maybe not, but there's a turning point in the movie that changes my goal from catharsis to resolution, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so resolution, I think, I think there is, I think, I don't know. It's not again. I don't want to sound silly defending you know a stupid movie, but this this you movie, just called it a stupid movie, huh? You well, just go. Well, it is. That's what I. That's what I'm saying. Cliffhanger is a stupid movie, but I love watching it. That's you know Triple Frontier. Like it's just one of those movies that I'm just going to enjoy going back to and and watching it. It's it's very well put together. I thought this was more trying to be Three Kings as opposed to Cliffhanger. I think I think it's trying to be both, and that's what I think is so interesting. I think it's trying to be Three Kings meets Cliffhanger. Maybe I'm to- maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe they didn't intend that, you know, over, kind of over the top '80s action kind of thing. Yeah. But I definitely took that from it. Okay. So, hmm. Yeah. Be interesting. Yeah. I wish I would have seen your movie. It sounds <laughs> great. <laughs> I just I locked in early on, and I was like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing. And yeah. I also love that. Um, uh, Garrett Hedlund and uh, Charlie Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam are brothers. Yeah, because they look so much alike anyway. They really do. I get them. Mis- you know, I mistake them for each other all the time anyway. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. So yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, going back, I think that those two are the ones that gave the best performances in the movie. Yeah, yeah, I really do. Uh, mainly because I know Charlie Hunnam can do good work, but Garrett Hedlund has been you know hit or miss, but he's definitely a hit in this one. He does good work. And maybe it's the fact that I've seen a really high caliber of Ben Affleck recently mm. that I think that this one just falls short of what he's shown me. Interesting. Yeah. And Oscar Isaac is, you know, he's just, he's good. He's good. He's Oscar Isaac. I expect uh-huh. nothing less. Yeah. Well, there you go. There are general thoughts on uh, Triple Frontier. Yeah. Um, it is. Oh, here, uh, one last thing. Do you ever sure. expect to see watch this again? Yeah. I will definitely watch this again. And also, I want a sequel, like, immediately interesting mm-hmm. okay i really do I'd, I'd love to see quadruple frontier or whatever, whatever the sequel would be called sectillion frontier <laughs> um yeah do you think they should just skip straight to uh triple frontier three and just get over to you know yeah yeah 
<laughs> triple, triple frontier. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Our thoughts on triple frontier. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe we can watch it together and you kind of experience uh, what I did. It's one of those movies. Here's how, here's my last thing. You're either going to roll your eyes a lot or you're going to laugh a lot. And those two things have a very thin line between them sometimes. Um, and I, it's, I think it just depends on the mood you're in and if you embrace it and, and what it might be. But, uh, I don't, I, I don't think we're that far apart on the movie we saw. I just think we're far apart on our reactions to it. Okay. Does that make sense? It actually does make a lot more sense. Yeah. So there you go. We saw the same movie. Just you saw what you wanted to see in it. Yeah. 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 Which honestly, that's what we talk about here. That's what we do with every movie. You know, we're all subjective humans looking at stuff and making decisions on how we feel. Yep. All right, uh, let's move on to our best ever challenge for today, and we're going to do Ben Affleck movies. Now, as mentioned, we have done this before. Yep. Uh, I think for The Accountant, three years ago, Yeah. Um, we talked about this, and I was like, well, do we want to do it again? It's been three years, and then I kind of looked at them, and mine's changed. So my number one hasn't changed, but other stuff has changed around it. So I think it'll be interesting to have this conversation. Yeah. We don't have to go into a lot of detail necessarily on these. Uh, plus, you may not have been listening three years ago. So who And we're knows? doing top fives now. And we're doing top fives as well instead of top three. So uh, here we go. Best ever Ben Affleck movies. I will let you start. Starting off with Dazed and Confused. <clears throat> it was interesting. Because I listened to our conversation before. That one never came up. Nobody, Did it not? No, nobody, I, nobody even mentioned it. Really? Um, and well, I, maybe because he's such a minimalistic character, you just kind of forget he's in yeah, that Yeah, I think that's what it was. I yeah. think that's what it was. Um, but I definitely had it in my honorable mentions. Yeah. I love it. It's a good coming-of-age movie, you know? It's, like, up there with all the greats and stuff. So, yeah, I'm definitely well, going to go with that Well, I think when you see one. his early stuff, like, in that, you look at Ben Affleck and you go... Oh, he's going to be one of those sniveling, snobby, you know, uh, characters that we hate in every single movie he does. Yeah. And the fact that he transitioned out of that is kind of interesting. It took him a long time. Cause, well, because you know, he's so good in that role. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. No, I think that's a good one worth mentioning. Your number five. My number five was my number two the first time we did it. It has wow. dropped uh, quite a bit. Wow. Argo is my number five. Trump. Uh, so we'll talk about it later and I can talk a little bit about why it's dropped for me. Okay. Uh, so what's your number four? Gone Girl. Uh, I'll go ahead and trump that. Okay. Now we're talking Argo. Uh, it's your number four? Yeah. Okay. So you had it close to the same place. Yeah. It was pretty close. Um, it's just, uh, so it dropped for you. I'm curious as to why. So for me, Argo was a great movie watching experience mm-hmm. that I have never once felt the desire to go watch again. And I don't know why that is. Well, I and, have. Um, and I need to probably to make this, you know, declaration to say that it's dropped for me. I probably should watch it again. Um, but the more I think about it, the more I just think it's probably great movie making, but not necessarily a great, um, a great movie, if that makes sense. So it's like, it's very well done, but the, the content of it isn't something I'm excited to experience again. Interesting. Um, so it's just kind of fallen in my brain a little bit. It's funny, whenever I started making this list, I actually got the desire and want to see it again. I do. I think I should. I think yeah. I should watch Argo again. And it, I still think it's probably a great movie. I just Didn't it win Best Picture that year? It did. Yeah. It did. And he wasn't nominated for Best Director even that year. Yeah. Um, That's so. funny. Um, but, uh, no, I think the performances in this are good. Brian Cranston's good. You know, Ben mm-hmm. Affleck's good. You know, this, this is right around the time you're like, oh, so Ben Affleck actually, he... He has a side of him we haven't seen mm-hmm. ever. 
people can say that you know there's a movie from his past that we're going to talk about later on but uh you know i think that this was like right around the time that ben affleck started making the good movies that we know him for yeah i think i think you're right um and i think this movie is incredibly tense the fact that it's based on a true story only adds to you know that intensity well and, and let me be clear like i said I, it didn't like drop for me to think it's a bad movie i just know when i think of the four movies i listed above it yeah i'm more excited for those than i am for argo yeah so that's just me okay my number four was the town trump i figured yeah uh, so we can talk about Gone Girl if you want. Yep, we're good. I'll let you go. You had to hire. Um, I, I just think it's uh, it's such an interesting film to see. It's Fincher, right? So what he's doing here is very fascinating to me in the story he's telling because ostensibly it's about her, but he's making it about Affleck in a very interesting and weird way here. And where this movie goes, I was not expecting, you know, the uh, intensity of what it's trying to do, I was not expecting. So I love that when a movie can take me through a story and just kind of give me some surprises and uh, some interesting stuff. So, yeah, Yeah. I think Gone Girl's going to hold up long term. Yeah, um, like you, uh, halfway through that movie, I'm like, oh, okay, so I did not see any of this coming. This is going to be an interesting ride. I'm curious as to where it takes me. Right. Uh, performances all around uh what's her name it's a oh now i feel bad because she was just in the movie i watched last night who are you asking like what character are you asking about Uh, are you asking about rosamund pike Pike? yeah Yeah, rosamund pike yeah but yeah she gives like one of the best performances like ever and neil patrick harris was a really weird (laughs) uh, character that i never would expect to have seen him play yeah um and parts of him i never would have expected to see but uh, (laughs) but uh, it's just a good movie it really is it's gripping from beginning to end yeah for sure and also tyler perry is amazing in this movie (laughs) he is so good he's not playing medea no he's not medea (laughs) All right, uh, I think we're up to your number two. Is that right? This is where I have the town. Okay, let's talk about it. Um, we just talked about a heist movie. This is one of the best heist movies. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Um, you care so much about this group of guys and what's going to happen to them. Uh, Ryan, or not, I almost said Ryan Reynolds. No. <laughs> um, it's just Ben Affleck and uh, what's his name? Uh Oh my gosh! Why am I so terrible with names today? It's I don't know. Again, I'm not F- sure who you're talking. Like which one you're talking about? Oh man, it's just you are you talking the, about Renner? Yeah, Jeremy Renner. Thank you. Uh, Jeremy Renner is giving an amazing performance. John yeah. Hamm's giving an amazing performance. It's yep. just all around. It's just you care about these guys so much. Blake Lively. That's why I was thinking Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Blake Lively. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but no, you care about this group of guys, and that's what really makes a heist movie work and why i don't think that um triple frontier did i didn't care about that group of guys you look at all the heist movies mm. heat you care about that group of guys the town you care about that group of guys well, let's talk about this because i did care about them but it wasn't because of their backstory like i said their backstory was pretty short shrift right yeah. i cared about them because of the way i saw them caring about each other and i really bought into the camaraderie of them and so i was like one of the guys with them Never Does felt that, that. Okay, so I felt that, and I so so my connection to them wasn't because of the daughter that we saw, you know, for five seconds. That was so lackluster. Um, it was because of the way they talked to each other and the things they said to each other and the way they were deciding to 
to, you know, are they going to do this? And then the, the speech in the, you know, um, and the tanker in the storage unit or whatever. And it's just like that. That's what got me, you know, kind of, oh, yeah, go team, you know, kind of <laughs> with these guys. So, no, I never got the oceans like a family connection. Mm, interesting. I did. I definitely did. Nice. So that's probably another difference uh, yeah. between us. Okay. And plus, I think the town is like uh, his movies that he's directed mm-hmm. and like been the main focus of the town's the best i think um my number two is probably your number one yeah goodwill hunting yes um so we can go ahead and talk about that and since you have it at number one i'll let you go ahead and start um obviously this is not a ben affleck main feature right it's uh he's he's uh he wrote obviously and he stars in it a very little bit as matt damon's compatriot but really the movie focuses on robin williams and matt damon and just the way that uh you see this prodigy and his gift being wasted, you know, by a lack of passion or desire to want to, you know, push himself. And I don't know if Robin Williams sees himself in that guy, but he knows how to get through to him. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really the interesting thing is that you see this person who really, I ha- from what I remember, I don't see any way that they, you know, share like a a past you know or anything like oh that was me when i was younger or oh that was my brother no it's just he knows how to get through to him and i think mainly the thing is both of these guys have wasted potential you look at robin williams character as this genius professor who's working at a high school or a community college i can't remember which Mm -hmm. one it was and he was like one of the greatest mathematicians ever and uh, he just knows how to get through or a psychologist and he knows how to get through to matt damon and yeah. that in that one scene, the it's not your fault scene. Oh, <laughs> it's so great. It just kills me. Yeah, uh it's astonishing. It is the the genesis of both Damon and, and Affleck's real career. You know, that Oscar yeah. win kind of launched them. And a great uh, Oscar acceptance speech, yeah, too. Yeah, really fun. Woo! <laughs> yeah, really fun. Um, so I wonder if they'll ever write together again. It'd be interesting, wouldn't it? They should, right? Like at some point they should be like, Hey, we should just see what happens. Yeah. And do it again. But anyways, that's my number two. You're number one. <clears throat> Do you know? Do you remember? Uh, Do you remember? Is it? Uh, I don't know if you've seen it yet. Oh, what is it? Boiler Room. Oh, yeah. I, I It was going to be in my honorable mentions. I, I totally forgot because I hadn't seen it. No, that's the one with like a Vin Diesel yeah. and... Uh, uh, Valen, what do you, how do you say his last name? Uh, he's in uh, Pete. Yeah, the... Uh, um, I'm not sure which person again you're talking about. Uh, Valentino, Valentino, Ru- Ruby, Rubio, Rubiano, or something. Giuliano, or <laughs> this is my favorite game. No, it's gonna drive me insane. Are you talking about Giovanni Ribisi? Giovanni Ribisi, yeah. <laughs> yes, the craziest thick Italian name. Um, it, I actually thought of Boiler Room while watching a uh, Triple Frontier as well. Be- during that Affleck speech, because he gives this incredible speech to the guys about what it means to make money. There's also a lot of greed uh, involved in Boiler Room. It basically was Wolf of Wall Street before Wolf of Wall Street existed. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think this is a... If you haven't seen Boiler Room, it's definitely one of those movies that I think is a an underrated gem, or at least an underseen gem. So, yeah, yeah it's one of my favorites, my favorite uh, Affleck movie. That he's in. So, when's the last time you saw it? Never. 
Oh, you still haven't seen it? No. Okay, that's what I, I, I thought I had picked up that maybe you would watch it. You definitely need yeah. to watch it. Sneaky Pete is the show that he was in that I was right. trying to yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah, now that I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, well, there you go. Uh, honorable <laughs> mentions. Uh, I'm gonna throw honestly, out a- he hasn't done that many good acting. Well, I'm going to throw out, I remember this from the first conversation, I'm going to throw out a couple that you, movies you hate Yes. Uh, in my honorable mentions. So yeah. um, one of being um, Shakespeare in Love um, is... Yeah. Yeah. I, it's worth mentioning, sure. at least. Uh, and then Armageddon. Hate it. <laughs> uh, I hate that movie. Chasing Amy. You know, that's actually a good one. Yeah, Chasing I'll Amy's get, not bad. Chasing Amy, Mallrats, uh, uh, Dogma. Dogma, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, you know. He has cameos. Well, maybe not so much in Dogma. But, you know, like, those movies are good. How did you like The Sum of All Fears? You know what? I like some of all. Fears. I do too. I do too. It's not very well received, but that was like classic Tom Clancy. He was actually Jack Ryan in that movie. That was mm-hmm. his character. Yeah. Um, and Morgan Freeman. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest now John Krasinski is uh, Jack Ryan. Yes, so. he is. The biggest shock for me because I hadn't read the book yet is the fact that we can spoil some of all fears, right? It's close out, your ears yeah. if you don't want to know some yeah. of all fear spoilers. That the nuke went off. Yeah. I thought that there was going to be, you know, the last minute say, but no, that nuke leveled Baltimore. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, th- that's they this did type it. of, they did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They thanos it. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's uh, I think it's a good film. So I wanted to include it. Uh, that's all I got. Yeah. Uh, for honorable mention. So well, there you're you not going to throw out Pearl Harbor. <laughs> no, I know you hate that movie. <laughs> that's the worst movie ever. No, I mean, listen, as long as there's a last airbender movie that exists, Sure. You can't call any other movie the worst movie ever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Before we hit our Sif Quest, just a uh, reminder that this podcast can come to you because of people who support it. Uh, thanks to the amazing Sif Pop members. We appreciate you at patreon.com slash Sift Pop and the website going strong. Some fun things going on there. Every Friday we release a best ever challenge like you just heard. Um, this week, I think in honor of Five Feet Apart, which we uh, haven't talked about on this show. Uh, it's best ever movies that have distance in the title, which has an obvious winner, but then some others you may not think of. Do Green you know Mile. The, the Green Mile is yeah. the obvious winner. I was, I was eight, eight Miles also good. Eight Miles in our but top yeah, Green, 10. Green yeah. Mile is the winner. Uh, if you want to see that list, just go to SifPop.com. It'll be right there for you, as well as a lot of other fun stuff that only happens because of your support at Patreon.com slash SifPop. Thank you so much for that. We appreciate it very much. I'm going to have to look up that list. Uh, Quest this week actually comes from a Reddit question uh, that I saw that I wanted to chat about. What are the pretty good but not classic movies of the 80s and 90s that are mostly overlooked these days? I didn't realize it. I actually didn't realize this at 80s. I was just thinking 90s. But anyways. Oh, that's, I have three 80s and then three 90s That's movies. great. All mine's are, I'm just saying all mine are 90s. <laughs> okay. So, um... So yeah, the pretty good but not classic movies of the 80s and 90s that are mostly overlooked. They continue to say the absolute best of the best seem to transcend time, but every era has a bunch of these really good movies that for whatever reason don't propagate into the next era. Um, So uh, I've got three that I'm going to mention. I do want to just, as a throwaway said, I think there are a lot of movies in this category that apply that we talk about a lot that yes. not a lot you know what i'm saying so like i'm just going to throw some out there okay. quiz show what yeah. about bob hudsucker proxy gattaca sneakers galaxy quest so i married an axe murderer wait galaxy quest was 90s yeah wow yeah i think so uh so i married an axe murderer swing kids and cable guy yeah. 
are some that I think fit this character. You wouldn't call any of those movies classics. Maybe no. What About Bob? Gattaca, possible. No, actually not Gattaca. Yeah, but uh, they're definitely ones worth. But we talk about those movies a lot here yes. because we love them. Yeah. Um, so what are ones? I My my challenge was find ones that I don't always talk about Yeah. Uh, that are in well, this Gattaca category. Well, Gattaca was on my list. So. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, good. So now I'm down to five. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've um, got three more, so go ahead. Do you want me to start one. with uh, my 80s movies? Sure, go ahead. Okay. Uh, first one, Top Secret. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's right in that vein of you know the airplane and the hot shots and mm-hmm. all those kind of movies. It's so good. Val it's a good call. That Swedish scene is still one of the funniest things yeah. like I've ever seen. I love. I love Top Secret. And then uh, a movie that I don't think gets enough credit for being as unique and good as it is. Some people just think it's a cheesy 80s movie. Escape from New York. Oh, interesting. I think it's actually a good movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it forever. Yeah, it's been a long time since Snake Plissken has gleamed on my television screen, too. Plissken. Yeah. Uh, Number three, UHF. Yeah, good call. It's... uh, Rambo, that Weird Al Rambo scene is just so good. <laughs> it, Weird Al... Um, I always think of Spatula City myself. That's what stands out for me. But, oh, uh, yeah, that's also a good one. Or the fish the fish game show. Or yeah. the... You was that uh, Michael Richards also in that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was had a big role in that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think UHF is a very underappreciated movie. Yeah. And I think it'll hold up. I think that it style does. of No, I've watched it recently. Can... Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, I watch it with my kids all the time, yeah. Oh, that's I so say, cool. I say all the time, you know, probably once or twice a year, but yeah. Still, that's awesome. Yeah. It's been a lot longer than that. So, all right, what do you got? Throw one out. Father of the Bride. That sounds so familiar. Who is in that? Steve Martin. Oh, Martin Short. Oh, yeah, Steve. It's just kind of one of those classic... Now, when you go back to the 90s or, you know, even further to the 80s, there's always going to be those interesting cultural things that don't hold up or don't age well. Yeah. And I think there's some of that uh, in this movie, especially in regards to homosexuality. But I will say the movie itself is just so kind-hearted and so beautiful and at the same time really funny. Um, and I think Father of the Bride is is one of those overlooked movies that... And just, you know, people don't talk about it's not a classic, but it's a really good movie. Yeah. So that's one of mine. What nice. else you got? True romance. Yeah, I, I guess I would put that in kind of the classic idea, but you know, really? I it's it's I definitely just, one a lot of people love. I just really sure. haven't met that many people who'd seen yeah. it. So yeah. Okay. Okay, but for those of you who don't know, listen to this I think it fits. I think it fits. Listen more to this cast it. list. Written by Quentin Tarantino, directed by Tony Scott, yeah, starring Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette, Dennis Hopper, Val Kilmer, Gary Oldman, Brad Pitt, Christopher Walken, Sam Jackson, uh, Vince, or J- James Gandolfini. This is a huge cast, and it came out in 99 or 93. Wow, a lot later, mm-hmm. earlier than I thought it was. Um, phenomenal movie. It is truly like one of my favorites. So good. Uh, I'm going to mention a movie I've already mentioned several times. Uh, Cliffhanger uh, <laughs> is another one of these for me that I love. I think it's a really good movie, yeah. um, even though it's dumb machismo through a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, I think I actually think Stallone's performance is great. Uh, but I think uh, what what's really interesting... Is it John it, Lithgow or yeah, John Voight? No, it's Lithgow. Lithgow, yeah. Oh, Lithgow is chewing the scenery in this movie, and it's so amazing. This was his audition tape for season three of uh, Dexter. <laughs> yes, yeah. fair enough. Uh, what else you got? Um, my last one is it's called Dragon. 
the Bruce Lee story. Have you ever seen this? No, I haven't. I love this movie. Like, really love this movie. It is the Bruce Lee biopic. It's fascinating. It's unique seeing how, you know, I never knew so many things about this guy's life. Uh, How it's, uh, a lot of it has to deal with racism and prejudice during Mm -hmm. that time, you know, against, you know, people from the east and it's just heartbreaking what he had to go through and how he finally found love and adoration but so short in his life you know because of how he passed and they throw in a lot of really uh interesting ways of telling his story like there's a little bit of mysticism in it you know just for like you know symbology and stuff like that but the fight choreography is obviously going to be amazing if it's about Bruce Lee. Yeah. Um, truly amazing movie. If you haven't seen it, once again, it's called Dragon, the Bruce Lee Story. Highly recommend it. Very nice. Uh, my last one's The River Wild. Uh, oh, that's Meryl, a good one. Meryl Streep and... Uh, Jay Jason, Bacon. Uh, yeah. Sean C. Riley. Yeah. And, yeah. and the little kid from Jurassic Park. And uh, Dave, uh, David uh, Strathairn, I think is how you say his name. Yeah. Um, I, this is... I love this movie. Like yeah. unabashedly love it. Um, oh, it's so unique. It's it's really interesting to me. I I think it's such a I think it's a valuable Meryl Streep performance too because it shows you what she can do just as a normal human being as opposed to putting on a character like she does a lot of time, yeah. which she's amazing at yeah. by the she, way. She's just a mom. <laughs> right, but in this movie she's just a mom and she's incredible at being just a mom, you know? Have you ever gone just a mom, but I, I mean as opposed sure. to other, you know, yeah. big characters kind of thing. Yeah, she's not Sophie's choicing it. Plus the environment is so beautiful, the cinematography in this is so great. There's this Who directed that? This beautiful, I, you know what I actually don't know. You should look it up. Um, um, right now have you ever gone uh, white, white, white I, have, I have you it's, haven't run the gauntlet though <laughs> no no definitely not um but there's such a beautiful metaphor in this movie too about marriage it's both on the page it's about marriage it's about their marriage falling apart but then also on the the river represents marriage in so many ways and the things yeah. that try to tear us apart and running the gauntlet and that kind of stuff. So I just, I overall, this is one of my favorite movies and I just don't hear anybody really talking about it. So I think it definitely fits in the category. That's cool. Who directed it? uh, Curtis Hanson. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. LA Confidential. Yeah. I was going to say, he's got Speaking of eight mile, you know? Yeah. So there you go. So those are our answers. We would love to hear yours. Uh, Let us know. Give us some feedback at feedback at sifpop.com. And if you've got a SIF quest that you want to send us on, uh, go ahead and hit us up feedback at sifpop.com or hit us up on twitter we can do it there as well um all right before we finish up how about some buried treasure yeah i'll let you go first um i think this was mentioned just in a throwaway earlier in the episode arrested development a uh, oh, new yeah. season came out on on netflix or oh, the, the final half of the season i don't know if there'll be any more after this um and here's why i want to bring it up because arrested development has had such an interesting journey And for a long time, it was this amazing show that got canceled too early that everybody wanted more of. And then they tried to do more of it. But because everybody's schedules were so hard, the way they had to shoot it was so weird. And and, and so it just didn't feel the same. It was still creative and interesting, but it just didn't feel the same. And then this final season has kind of come back to feel a little more like the original. And what it made me realize is the writing on this show is just so clever and not only that, it's right up my alley because it's oh, yeah. lots of wordplay, lots of pun misunderstandings. 
Um, you know, there's this thing where <laughs> there's always money in the banana stand. Um, that that's definitely a part of this these final eight episodes too. Oh, okay, then I'm watching. <laughs> uh, it is. They're just they're such clever wordplay puns. I'm just going to give an example. There's at one point in this. Uh, you know, they're talking about we need to hire protesters for a reason to throw people off the scent or whatever. And, um, oh, I saw some that, you know, did wore these uh, these masks like the Guy Fox masks. Mm-hmm. And so he asks his brother Job to, you know, can you get a bunch of, you know, Guy Foxes? To you know, protest or whatever. <laughs> oh, oh, exactly. I know exactly. Right, where this but it's is just, going. but it's just stuff like that, and it happens throughout. And some of it is so layered and beautiful. And there's another moment, and I'm, I, I, I could just go through all these jokes. Oh my gosh! But there's another moment when, um, you know, uh, he's talking to, I think it's uh, Jason Sarah, right? And Michael Sarah, or Michael Sarah, yeah. and Jason. Um, What's, Jason? what's the uh, the main guy? The main Michael? Oh, Jason Statham. Or just Statham. <laughs> Jason. <laughs> Sorry, my brain just yeah. just disappeared. Um, Man, what is his name? Jason Bateman. Well, yes, Bateman. Thank I was you. close. Thank you. Yeah. So Bateman and uh, Sarah having this conversation, father to son, and Sarah's supposed to be running his company, but actually he's taking an Anne Hathaway quiz online that tells you which Anne Hathaway character you are. <laughs> And so he's taking this quiz while they're talking and <laughs> Bateman says something about, um, uh, you know, uh, couldn't, I mean, couldn't you get the intern? Like they're talking about what to do. Couldn't you get the intern? He's like, no, no, I keep getting the dark night, but it's probably those thread sheet questions that are throwing me <laughs> off or whatever, something like that. Yeah. It's just like, just, it's just layered throughout this thing. And I just, I love that kind of fun stuff. So the writing on it is enough for me to go, even if you feel like the magic of it has faded a little bit, yeah. just go ahead and f- finish it out. It's not like there's a ton of them. There's eight 20 minute episodes left. You I'm know gonna, what I mean? I'm going to so, watch it solely for that guy Fox joke. Cause that is hilarious. <laughs> well, there's more where that came from. Yeah. Believe me. Uh, so there you go. Arrested development, new season uh, up on Netflix. So nice. what do you got for your very treasure? So you said you were only watching one DC show. Yeah, I have one that is probably right up your alley. It is totally unique. It's called Doom Patrol. Um, Heard of it. Yeah. Uh, So imagine a wacky uh, misfit toy group like Guardians of the Galaxy thrown into a weird, bendy, messed up world like Legion. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. and then, you know, throw in some violence and gore and language from Game of Thrones. <laughs> and you have Doom Patrol. So it's not on the networks then? No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to talk about this cast, though. You have sure. Timothy Dalton. Okay. Brendan Fraser. Nice. Uh, Matt, uh, what's his... Uh, how do you say it? Not... I think the lesson of this episode is we should probably just look all this stuff up before we yeah. start... Is 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 Matt Bomer? Is that how you say Doom Patrol? He was. <sighs> Come on, Bray. Yeah, Matt Bomer. I was right. Uh, Alan Tudyk is in the show. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, it's just a great, great, huge cast. Who I recently learned pronounces his name Tudyk. Yeah, Tudyk. Tudyk. Yeah. Um. So yeah, very nice. What's it on? Where can I find it? You have to go to DC Universe Online and oh. watch it there. That's also where that uh, Titans show I was telling you about a couple weeks ago. The DC streaming service? Yes. Has a show with those people in it? Yes. They're going all out. Oh, I'm serious, dude. Like, 
this could potentially crack my top 50 shows. Wow. Like, it's so unique. It's so out there. Like, you watch something like, oh, yeah, I I would expect to only see that in, like, Legion. Like, Mm. why why is there a a talking horse head? Or why is there a a donkey that pukes out the universe? Why is there all this kind of stuff? Yeah. You know, and you have a crazy group of people like (laughs) Robot Man, who's literally a robot man. Uh, Matt Bomer, who's, you know, Mr. Negative, and mm-hmm. he's just, he looks like the mummy. He's all wrapped up in gauze, and Cyborg is in the show. You wow. know Cyborg, and, and Timothy Dalton's the chief. He's uh, the head honcho. Sounds interesting. It's a great, great, great show. I'll have to check that out. I don't know that I want to, I mean, it's not free, is it? No, but you can pretty, uh, you know, you get that seven-day free trial. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so there you go. Maybe let me know when the season's over so I can just binge them all. I think they're around episode nine or eight, and there's 15 total, so I'll let you know. Yeah, they're releasing them weekly? Yeah. It might be one of those things I can get the free trial and just pat, you know, plow there through you them. You should watch Titans if you have, because that season's already done. Okay. So you can watch that and Doom Patrol. Uh, watch Titans first. Not, I'm not just telling you. I'm telling our listeners uh-huh. because they um, they coincide with each other. Characters oh, go okay. from one show to another. It's a shared universe. Shared kind of universe. Thing. Yeah. Nice. And it's great. Oh, it's so good. Very nice. Well, we did it. Yeah, we, we did. managed to do a podcast. We heisted that podcast. Who would have ever thought we'd get over that mountain? Not Pedro. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media, or you can just search Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to my buddy, Andrew. Sorry for not knowing people's names, everybody. <laughs> it's all right. I've had we're, worse. We're what's one called, of my worst days. We're, we're called humans. Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, appreciate you being here, man. Oh, thanks. If you want to check out Andrew online, it's at Flick Freaks. You can connect with him there. Uh, I'm at Aaron Dicer on social media. Uh, you can also follow at SIFPOP if you want to on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters for giving uh-huh. monthly to make SIFPOP a real thing. Support starts at 3 bucks a month, and you get access to every bonus episode, which we did a tech talk today on our bonus episode. <laughs> yeah. Talked about new televisions. Uh, so you can check that out if you're a member right now. It comes right to your own dedicated podcast feed, as well as some other fun perks, including a monthly video hangout. Also, your support directly helping SIFPOP Pop expand in 2019 to some fun new areas. Uh, you can find all of that out at patreon.com slash SIFPOP. If you'd like to connect with the podcast, you can comment, rate, or leave a review at iTunes. We'd appreciate that. Or you can email us, feedback at SIFPOP.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than, well, stealing a bunch of money from a drug dealer. Uh, spoiler chat up next for uh, Triple Frontier, so that'll be in your podcast feed to listen to, and we will catch you next week when we will be reviewing Us. Oh, I can't believe it. Not, I can't... not Us. Yeah. But Us. Yes. Us. 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 As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.